This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Eban Udama. A federal investigation of a school construction scandal in Connecticut spills over into the state's Department of Social Services. They are looking at, in essence, one day in May 2020 when Costa Diamantes, the former state deputy budget director, helped to deliver a check to the state's Medicaid office. That's Andrew Brown, Connecticut Mirror's investigative reporter. He and fellow Connecticut Mirror reporter Dave Altamari have been following a federal grand jury investigation of Costas Diamantes, a former state official who was in charge of school construction in Connecticut. More to come after this. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Hamilton, executive editor of the Connecticut Mirror. Local journalism has struggled in Connecticut in recent years. It continues to struggle nationally. But CT Mirror is growing thanks to 2,200 donors who embrace our mission of informing Connecticut about public policy and holding government and candidates accountable to their constituents. If you want to be part of a Connecticut journalism success story, please make a gift to CT Mirror today. Just click the red Donate button on the top right of any CT Mirror page. Hello, Andrew. Your reporting shows the investigation of Diamantes has spilled over into the Department of Social Services. What has social services got to do with Diamantes, who was in the Office of Policy and Management? So my colleague and I, Dave Altamari, started looking into this, and what we realized is that the State Department of Social Services has received several subpoenas from federal authorities, and they are looking at, in essence, one day in May 2020 when Costa Diamantes, the former state deputy budget director, helped to deliver a check to the state's Medicaid office, particularly the office that performs audits on doctors and dentists and eye doctors who use the state's Medicaid program. How unusual is is this for a state official to be delivering a $600,000 check from a private individual to another department? I mean, it's clear that the federal um, prosecutors are trying to answer that question. In in my time uh, and my colleague Dave's time reporting on state government, it's eye-popping, right? You have uh, someone hand-delivering a check when these are very official procedures, these these Medicaid provider audits. And so there's a very formalized process for how to pay back essentially Medicaid funds that you overbilled for. You know, you can do that through an attorney. You can do that through a certified check sent in the mail. Instead, there was a delivery process in which a former deputy budget director and now former state lawmaker were hand delivering this, which I think is what raised the eyebrows of and what, prosecutors. And what is the relationship between uh, Diamantis, a former state official, and the former state legislator who accompanied him Our understanding from what my colleague was told is that Costa Diamantes and Chris Ziogas are distant cousins or distant relations in some manner. Both of them are from Bristol. Costa previously represented Bristol while he was in the legislature. And Ziogas later represented Bristol as well. That's correct. In this story, you really have three people from Bristol. You have Costa Diamantes, the state deputy budget director. You have Chris Ziogas, former state lawmaker, who was representing Bristol at the time. And then you have Ziogas's fiance, 
Helen Zervis, who is an eye doctor in Bristol, who was notified about an upcoming audit of her essentially Medicaid billing procedures. And and basically what happens, she's notified of the audit. She says she's gotten an outside firm to look over her paperwork and figured out that she took a $600,000, right, that she hadn't actually performed any work for, right? Yes. She hired a pretty high-powered um, law firm to represent her whenever she was notified about the upcoming audit. They said that they looked into her Medicaid billing practices and they found five different procedure codes. So, you know, that's a, a retinal exam or whatever that are coded. And they say that she essentially billed $600,000 more than she should have for procedures that she never even performed. And then they, they essentially negotiated with state Medicaid audit division to voluntarily repay that $600,000 with the agreement that once the money was paid, the state would not come in themselves and audit their books themselves. And then she decides, look, I'm going to pay this money back. But it's now delivered by Diamantis, a state employee, and Zirgus, a state legislator. Yeah. From what they told my colleague, Dave Altamari, Diamantis said that he was just doing a favor for a friend. Um, it was during the pandemic. He didn't want They didn't want the check to get lost in the mail or delayed in the mail. There is a reason, I think, that federal prosecutors immediately latched onto this and have spent, from what we can tell from the subpoenas, like a year and a half looking into this, questioning people. They're now at the process, as, as of last October, they they subpoenaed all of the emails that Chris Ziogas sent out of his legislative email account. I think they are suspicious or they are investigating, at least it's it's pretty clear to say whether or not there was a pressure campaign to make the state Medicaid audit division accept this agreement or to drop the audit. That it is at least at the very center of all of this. So the, the fact that the state dropped the audit after getting this check is also questionable. There is a procedure in the state of Connecticut for doctors, dentists, anybody who is billing Medicaid to essentially self-identify over payments that they received out of that government health insurance program. What that procedure says is that if you are already under audit or investigation for something, you don't have the ability in most cases to then come in and self-identify a problem in your billing procedure. And so what happened here is it's very clear on the timeline from the letter that the lawyer sent that they were notified about the upcoming audit in January. They began negotiating with the state audit division at the Department of Social Services in March. And by May, they had reached this agreement where Diamantis and Ziogas were delivering a check with the understanding that the audit would disappear. And another interesting fact that came out in your reporting is the fact that Zyagus represented Diamantis in the initial state investigation into the school construction scandal, and uh, he represented him as his attorney. And Actually, his daughter. It seems the whole family, <laughs> including the extended family, is involved in this. So what is Diamantis saying right now? about all this when confronted about the fact that they're investigating all this. He told my colleague Dave Altamari that essentially Chris Iogas, first of all, said there was nothing to see here. He's happy if the feds want to look at every one of his emails, every one of his communications, he has nothing to hide. Diamantis essentially said that he had very little 
role in any of this he, outside of delivering the check and that he saw it as just doing a favor for, again, Helen Zervis, somebody who he's known from Bristol for a long time. How that plays out, I don't know. I think federal prosecutors have spent quite a bit of time and resources focused on this one particular day. And so it's really hard to know where this goes. You're in a waiting game now to see if this rises to a level where prosecutors think they have evidence here of some type of a crime. There's no evidence in any of these documents, by the way, that Ziogas or Diamantis got something in return for this. All that is known is what's in the, the letters, which is that this $600,000 was paid to the state and an audit was, I guess, for the, the best terminology, canceled. And the, the, the prosecutors are concentrating on the emails, especially the emails that were within the Department of Social Services regarding this particular activity. They clearly had, before requesting these emails, they clearly had some indication that Costa, Diamantis, and maybe other people delivered this money on May 12, 2020. Because they, they requested from the Department of Social Services, essentially, email exchanges between two people who were redacted from that specific day. And that is where you see the email that says, it seems to be someone from the Office of Policy and Management alerting people at the Department of Social Services that the state deputy budget director was on his way in a vehicle to deliver a check. And Diamantis says that he did the hand delivery because this was during covid and they felt that there wasn't adequate staff and maybe mails wouldn't be delivered on time, et cetera, et cetera, and that he was just trying to help facilitate this. Yes, there was an agreement that essentially the money would be in the state's possession by May 15th of that year. And so the defense here on the part of Mr. Diamantis is that, you know, the mail could not be trusted at that time, or maybe not the USPS, but maybe the mail within the the DSS office itself. And so he did a favor working in state government. He did a favor for a longtime friend. Okay, Andrew, it seems that the federal authorities are, are spending quite a bit of time on this. It's been a long time since the investigation was started. Is it unusual for it to be so long? I myself have covered some major investigations with the U.S. Department of Justice, and sometimes this is just how it works. Setting up a federal grand jury, getting subpoenas, investigating something, especially of this complexity as far as school construction and and now the state's Medicaid program, sometimes these things take time and the feds like to make sure that they bulletproof cases before they file charges. So I don't think this is totally out of the ordinary. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. Long Story Short is hosted by me, Ebon Udana, and produced by Molly Ingram. Harriet Jones is our editor. WSHU's Alicia Dodaria and the Connecticut Mirror's Gabby D. Benedictus are our digital team. This podcast is a collaboration between the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. We go behind the scenes at the home of public policy journalism in Connecticut. More can be found online at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Our episodes can be found wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.